0: skies coming at you through the magic of podcast from the most happening hangar in Memphis. Now, really? I know this is a voice you're not used to hearing when you tune into the diesel powered podcast, we're doing something a little different tonight on the show. Our usual host, the one and only big daddy cool is performing tonight at the carnival menagerie in Nashville, where I hear they're not only going to have him with his bombshell kittens, but they brought in an electro swing DJ from Chicago, so that sounds like a party we're gonna have to hear all about next time we get togethers. Together. I can talk. <laughs> and our regulars, the amazing Mr. Wofford and boss Larry Amiette, can't be with us tonight either, but don't you worry your pretty little heads because Daisy's got a good show cooked up for you, so sit back, relax, and enjoy the flights. Joining us tonight are a couple of great guests, First and foremost, we have a fellow who is kindly helping us out tonight with recording the show, Mr. Tim Randalls. Good evening. Good evening, everyone. Great to be here. Now, Tim, you work with Johnny on another show called Comic-Stravaganza Live. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Comic-Stravaganza Live is a show all about pop culture.
1: We discuss everything from What's going on in the comic movies like Batman vs. Superman, X-Men, anything out there like that. We discuss pop culture like TV, video games, comic books, anything that's
0: hip and cool. Well, that sounds pretty cool to me. So uh, if you're into any of those things that Mr. Randall's just talked about you might want to tune in to Comic Extravaganza Live. Now, if you know me, if you've been listening to the show, you know I'm a member of a steampunk group here in Memphis called the Clockwork Mechanalist. And with me tonight is a fellow crew member from the Mechanist Ascendant, hailing from mysterious parts unknown. It's that Dangerous Dane, the practitioner of pain, Dr. Aurelia Erebus. How are you tonight, good doctor? I'm doing quite well, dear Daisy. How about yourself? Oh, well, uh, I'm doing pretty good myself. I am can't complain about nothing. Now, just letting you guys know, um, we call her doctor. But between you and me, if you get sick on our ship, uh, best to just sleep it off. Don't unless you want to get cut open, come back with an extra head, get experimented on. Yeah, she's not that kind of doctor. I'm still working on superpowers, but don't frighten the dear people. Oh, jeez, well, all right, I won't frighten them, because you do that well enough on your own. <laughs> okay, now Tim and Dr. Erebus are going to be doing a discussion later in the show about Punk in video games, but first, I'd like to introduce another very special guest. You know I'm excited to have this guy on the show because I've talked about his band before on the podcast and actually got to see them this summer. You know him as The Spine from Steam Powered Giraffe, and here he is joining us from San Diego, David Michael Bennett.
2: Howdy. How's everyone doing?
0: Oh, I'm doing just great. You doing all right today?
2: Oh, yeah. Thanks for uh, having me on. It's a pleasure.
0: Well, thank you for joining us. Now, uh, first of all... For our listeners who aren't familiar with your group, can you explain a little bit about what Steam Powered Giraffe is? Because you make music, but you are not just a band.
2: Sure. Good idea. Uh, So Steam Powered Giraffe is a group of mechanical uh, men and women who uh, happen to be automatons, robots, if you will. Uh, They're steam powered and they perform music. Uh, So that's the lore behind it. Uh, in a in a very small amount of lore, and uh, pretty much we pretend to be robots on stage, and we put on uh, we put on like what a, a band would do at a concert, but uh, it's a lot more theatrical. Um, there's banter between the audience. There's bits of us just doing comedic stuff on stage. It's kind of a blending of mime and what a band would do. I think that's the easiest way to sum it up.
0: Well, you know our usual host, uh, Big Danny Cool. He's very much into theater, and uh, Mr. Wofford, of course, he also does a lot of magic. So I think they would love to see the show, and I think uh, I think we have an understanding here as to what that is.
2: Oh yeah, so, it's, it's kind of like a uh, Bobville kind of stuff. That's kind of it's kind of it's kind of it's more than uh, than just a, a band, I, I suppose. I imagine that's what 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 uh what who you were talking about? Who was, who? What was his name?
0: Well the usual host of this show he is a magician and a performer and he's basically a jack of all entertainment trades he uh he goes by the character name Big Daddy Cool but his real name is Johnny and he would be with us tonight but he's having a party somewhere
2: oh okay cool so yeah i'm sure sure super familiar with uh, that kind of uh, entertainment sit <laughs> sit
0: all right so um sit. Steve yeah. Howard Giraffe just released yeah. uh, the latest album, The Vice Quadrant, just last week. Um, I have to say, I think it's
3: pretty fantastic. Erebus, you've heard some of it. What do you think of it so far? I really enjoyed it, the whole album that I uh, got to listen to. And personally, my favorite one, I'm going to have to say, is Starlight, Starbright. That one's just Star Starlight, my, starshine. Starshine. I'm sorry. I'm nervous. <laughs> Aren't we all? Well, yeah. I am. Yeah. It's it's personally one of my favorites amongst all the other songs I've heard. I'd have to say it's one of
0: my favorites too. But you know, picking favorites is it's like picking children. Picking Go. children. But Go. I wouldn't know nothing about that. Okay. Go here. So, I've been watching Steam Powered Giraffe for a while. Put this album together on social media, and have seen all the work that's gone into it. So, David, let's start with where the album came from? Where did you get the inspiration to write a space opera?
2: Well, uh, we're not the first band in history to have a conceptual album. Uh, You know, there's the Beatles uh, definitely have had their share of conceptual albums, like Sgt. Pepper's. Uh, That's uh, one that comes to mind. Uh, And pretty much every band after that has had one. So we knew it was only a matter of time that we could take our conceptual uh, band ourselves and make an album that was a little more story-driven. Our previous albums had been a little more just, oh, here's a song, here's a song, here's a song, and they had kind of a general theme, but we really wanted to do a space album, like, since the get-go of this group, and I think we just, we waited long enough just to kind of get our footing in what we could actually do, Uh, and yeah, so we all like space, Uh, there's... There's definitely sci-fi elements in steampunk and and other genres of that type uh, for for aesthetic reasons or storytelling reasons and with our own lore we kind of span such a, a wide uh, decade uh, from the, the early 1800s onward so we kind of can play in different. Uh, Decades and whatnot, rather than just sticking to either modern day or a Victorian era, or I guess what your podcast is about, like uh, the World War eras for Diesel Punk. Uh, so we kind of are able to dabble in uh, a bunch of different genres musically, uh, and that's kind of the idea of the group is that the robots have been around for a long time, so we can kind of just go wherever we want to creatively, which it's kind of a it's kind of a god machine in that sense that we kind of can just do what we want in within our own. Uh, our own universe, but uh, yeah, space is definitely uh, an inspiration for all of us with what's happening in real life with NASA or you know sci-fi stuff, all the way from Star Wars to Star Trek to Jules Verne to all that kind of stuff. It's it's H. Uh, G. Wells too. Everything there's been so much inspiration, uh, you know, coming into uh, this as a young person. Uh, I'm only in my twenties, so there's a lot of stuff uh, to be inspired from, uh, you know, before before I was around which is cool because it's like we can take all those different uh, ideas of space and sci-fi and just kind of blend it together within our own uh, weird steampunk Victorian (laughs) uh, robot act. I don't even know how to describe us. I have a tough time.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, everybody's got their own description that I've talked to about it, but uh, just about everybody I know really likes the group and, uh, I know there's probably a lot of people out there who will hear the name Steam Powered Giraffe and wonder why we're talking about a steampunk band, but you've just described very well why uh, you can't just limit them to just this one genre.
2: Exactly, yeah, yeah. I mean, we definitely have uh, some steampunk aesthetics, and we have songs that might fit in there. I, I, we don't have any Victorian music, per se, but uh, you know, anything that's kind of vaudeville kind of fits in with steampunk sh- uh, aesthetic anyways I, I guess uh, but we uh, yeah we do steampunk conventions as well as sci-fi anime conventions or just general media conventions uh, do concerts all the time so kind of we kind of fit in wherever we can and I think our group because of the lore and stuff it, we make it make sense uh you know i've seen other steampunk bands do the uh, similar Guys, thing, where you know they're out. time travelers so it doesn't matter where they are which is perfect it's a great way to just be anywhere that you happen to be uh but yeah so we 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 run with that as well just like other bands uh but yeah our our group uh, spans pretty much anything that we find interesting we have stuff uh you know i'm into dungeons and dragons so we have a lot of uh, medieval stuff a fantasy stuff that's that's uh, in some of our more obscure songs uh but yeah i mean it's kind of uh it's kind of just has a, a taste of everything that's kind of what the group is like uh, it's got it's got the mime stuff it's got the pantomime it's got you know the makeup it's got robot it, it's got some futurism in there it's got it's got diesel punk too in some of the, the some of the songs as well as steampunk and then of course we go into the 80s there's like oh new age and maybe some glam rock mm-hmm. stuff in there everything's kind of with our own uh, structure of, oh, we like harmonies, we like acoustic instruments, but then we kind of try to blend in other crap to make uh, a more (laughs) wide variety. Uh, That's kind of what we like to do.
0: (laughs) Well, um, you know, Erebus and I, being members of the Mechanalists, we kind of understand that because the Mechanalists is a very free-form group. You know, we use the label Steampunk, but we're really branching out all over because our characters are time travelers, so we can get We can go just about anywhere, too, and that's how I ended up being a diesel punk on a ship full of steampunks. But um, I want to talk a little bit about the character of the spine. Um, I mean, you and the other members of the group, you play several characters on your album, but, of course, your main characters are the robots you play on stage. So I know this is going to be taking you back pretty far, but can you tell us a little bit about where the spine started. How did you come about playing, you know, his character type?
2: Well, uh, we kind of started it as more of an Im- improvisational thing. Uh, we started performing on the streets, uh, doing busking or street performing, if you will. Uh, and that's where we kind of learned the chemistry uh, between myself and my sister. We kind of learned what was what worked with us. And we also worked with a bunch of other people, too. So we kind of built our chemistry and kind of our archetypes around how we would interact naturally through improvisation. And I just naturally fell into the straight man of the group, which is the guy who sets up the joke, basically. Uh, which, if you look at our act now, it's hard to see what that is, because we kind of are a little more all over the place. But uh, it was very much like, here's the person who's announcing everything. He, he's the guy that's the, the very stern, very, like, n- not trying to be funny, just trying to get across information. And he's surrounded by all these bumbling... Crazy characters, and that's that's kind of like you know, with any comedic team, there's always a straight man and there's a comedic. And you know, we've had four robots on stage before. We we've we've called it down to three pretty early on, and then we've changed the third robot out a few times. And you know, we always have this dynamic of you know, there's a there's one character who's the uh, who's the straight guy who's gonna who's going to be the one that the audience can maybe relate to a little more, like. Like oh this is the one who's sensible he's he's not the crazy kooky character and then you have people the rest of the robots on stage that are a little more uh, funny I guess uh, so that's where that's where the, his uh, his demeanor came from and naturally a deep voice making him sound somewhere in between a like used car salesman and a book narrator or something along those lines was kind of the idea for it and I have the vocal range a little bit to do that so to make use of a deep voice character was was an asset to us because a lot of people don't have that range so it was uh and you don't hear it too much too much you know it's 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 a little more iconic i suppose so i definitely stuck with the the deep voice made it very uh stern and strict but uh as time went on it got a little more fun and you know we developed these characters naturally over the seven years we've been doing it and you know i think anyone who's kind of made a character whether it's in steampunk or any other kind of genre like that is uh you know, you build your character over just like having fun at conventions with people and stuff, and it's the same for us. You know, we've been on stage interacting and imp- improving ing uh, for so many years, as well as interacting with fans, you know, in character. And you just kind of build this, <laughs> build the character that way, and uh, it's been good because we started pretty small, just on the streets, and you know, there was no script back then, and we've We've definitely uh, reprof stuff and turned it into bits and stuff, but uh, but yeah, it's it's a, it was a very natural progression with the character. Uh, in fact, all of our characters, we kind of just saw what worked over uh, a long amount of time of performing.
0: Well, I mean. Um... I think we can still see that in the performances because a couple of members of the Mechanalists and I, we actually got to see you this year at Anime Midwest, and uh, the show was great, and we can kind of still see that dynamic. I mean, maybe he has loosened up, but he's still kind of the straight guy of the group, the one who sets up the joke, but, you know, it works. It works, and it's it's a lot of fun to watch. Um, Aside from, you know, your own kind of personality and chemistry with the others, were there any other people that inspired the character?
2: Oh, boy. Uh, you know, I always looked towards uh, the stuff I studied in college, which was a lot of, like, Laurel and Hardy, or even the Three Stooges, you know? It's it's always that, that one character who's not, the, who's not the goofy screw-up one. It's always the... Uh, Moe's... It, is it Moe? Moe's the one that's the... Uh, the one with the, the bowl-cut hair? He's the one that's always, like... Yeah. But they're all... Three are stupid. They're just... I think it's him. And then, uh, but he's the one that's more like, he's less stupid than the rest of them. So he's kind of the father figure. That's kind of, those kind of archetypes. So, And that that's just like, they're in, in so many different, uh, uh, I don't know, comedic teams. Uh, it's just, it's kind of that formula that just works. So uh, I think that's where it was based off of, is just old, you know, uh, footage films. Uh, I mean, you'll even see that in like even Charlie Chaplin films or... Uh, or Buster Keaton stuff, there's always characters like that in those films where, you know, if you're having someone who's off the wall, you always have to have either people around that character be not off the wall. And, you know, that's that's a fun character to play, especially when you know that there's only three characters on stage. It's kind of, it kind of brings it, because if everyone was a, uh, you know, high, off the wall, bouncy cartoon character, it, it would just be, it would be a different act. It would be hard to, uh, it would be hard to relate to the stage. It would probably get annoying, I would imagine. Uh, and plus you don't have any dynamics on stage everyone would be at 11 all the time I suppose <laughs> but uh, right. but yeah as, as far as specific uh, influences I would say I would say it's stuff like that uh, yeah those classic uh, films and, and I guess episodes from like Three Stooges, Laurel and Hardy I mean there's tons of bits that we've you know been inspired from uh, as far as the characters go and as well as comedic bits so
0: okay well um one reason, you know, we wanted to ask so much about the spine is because if you look at the three robots and if you look at their designs, now granted, there have been a lot of changes over the years, but still, if you look at them, the spine seems to be just a little more streamlined. You know, he's kind of shiny, as a simpler design than the others, and his outfit is something you might see on a character, say, from the 1940s. So... Specifically, you know, this being a diesel punk podcast, from a diesel punk point of view, the spine is the one that we might gravitate towards.
2: Oh, yeah, um, yeah, definitely. It's, um, uh, no, our it's, sorry. It's, no, you go ahead. Sorry.
0: <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, OK. okay. Uh, uh, our, 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 go ahead. Yeah,
2: he's definitely a uh, he's definitely inspired by that. Uh, since the robots like were in the, the late 1800s, I think it was uh the 1880s i believe is when they kind of we kind of start their lore um we kind of always imagined that okay we have we have a, an a older broken robot who hasn't been upgraded as much that's rabbit and then you have uh at least when the when the group started we had another one called the john who was more this art deco kind of looking robot and then and then there would be the spine who whereas they've all kind of been upgraded at different points so maybe the spine got the most recent upgrades uh that was, that was kind of the idea behind it. So, so yeah, you have Rabbit, who's very clockwork, very uh, mechanical in that sense. And then you have uh, the Spine, who's a lot more sleeker. And you can kind of see like <laughs> that the technology progressed between the two of them. It's a lot less uh, clicky and stuff. And that goes more into just the visual looks. I mean, the sounds that uh, Rabbit makes on stage for the robots are very like and the spines is a lot more hydraulics and, and servo kind of sounds. So it's, uh, it's, it's definitely was, uh, a, a thought, a thought process that we put into it, uh, early on just to make it that, make it, a uh, make it look like there was, and I guess sound like they came from different eras. Uh, and definitely with a spine, uh, you're talking about world war diesel punk stuff, all those world war Eric stuff from the thirties through the forties and fifties, like, uh, like, that's, that's kind of where his inspiration is. I mean, you know, there wasn't fedoras back in the steampunk Victorian era, as, as far as I know. <laughs> but, uh, but definitely in the, the other time timeline, it, it definitely feels kind of like in that, uh, I guess, uh, the Great War era, as well as uh, even futurism, too. Like, it, in going into the 50s, it's, it's kind of a more modern <laughs> rather than, in, like, uh, Victorian kind of stuff. Uh, And, yeah, it reflects in the costumes, and we've – and since these robots are kind of, like, existing in modern times right now, uh, which is how the lore is, uh, we kind of have their costumes reflect that, oh, we are put in these costumes. We haven't been wearing the same stuff since that time frame, but the styles and designs are definitely more influenced from where we come from rather than, uh, you know – we always put on something from an old, old uh, suitcase that's that has cobwebs on it, or something from the 1800s or the early 1900s. Uh, and at least that's how we think about it, uh, which is great because you know uh, some some folks really like like the lore, and some folks just really like the music. And uh, we want to make it as digestible as possible for people who don't really care about the backstory. Uh, but it's nice that you guys were able to even you know kind of see that stuff just from. Uh, from an outsider point of view, uh, that that makes me us really happy. Yeah, I like I like hearing that year that stuff.
0: <laughs> I know I was um, talking about steam powered giraffe on, a, on another episode of the podcast, and I big daddy said that the spine looked like a 1920s street hustler, and I'm not sure I'm not sure if he'd be a hustler, but you know. <laughs> if
2: if there was a role for a robot to do that, maybe <laughs> maybe it did.
0: <laughs> well, our listeners know that. Um, the definition of diesel punk that we kind of kick around here on the podcast draws from three things. Uh, it's media that's been created in modern times with inspiration from the general period of the 1920s through the 40s and with kind of a countercultural aspect to it, which brings in the punk part. That being said, would there be any specific songs or other aspects to the steam power Giraffe lore that you would say fall under the diesel punk category?
2: Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, the, uh, let's see. I guess the, the, the easiest one is that the robots did exist during the 1920s through the 40s, so they were around doing stuff. Uh, in our lore, they, they helped with the Great Wars, so that's, like, something we don't bring up or anything, but it's something that we've written into our backstory. Uh, besides that, though, we do have songs that actually reference it. One that isn't, uh, is more about, uh, kind of that time era is some, uh, it's, I think it's on our second studio album called uh, the two cent show there's a song called that'll be the way home and that one's a, about uh let's an air force pilot who's in a bomber kind of that whole uh, 1942 <laughs> onward kind of uh, song about people buying bonds and coming back home and that whole era of, of song so that that song was inspired by that uh, era as far as oh, diesel too. punk goes, the only song that I can think of that uh was a direct kind of influence from that genre which I think is a pretty recent one uh, I know steampunk' i I could be wrong but uh, it it like kind of maybe started in the 80s maybe <laughs> or was coined in that that time where diesel punk's a little yeah, more I think, uh, recent I
0: think I think steampunk started yeah in the Some people want to take it back as far as the late 1970s. I mean, I don't have the complete history of it, but it kind of was a couple of things that came together. Like, it kind of came out of cyberpunk, which, you know, they took the elements elements of cyberpunk and then made it everything run on Steam instead of whatever they run on in the cyberpunk world. And so some people take it all the way back to the late 70s, but I don't know exactly when dieselpunk started.
1: I guess.
2: But uh, to build... Sorry. The oh, hit. but yeah, the, the the one that uh the the one song that we have that kind of fits with the diesel punk stuff is uh is a song called Earhart, which is also on uh, our album, The Two Cent Show. I think they, it actually plays together with the That'll Be the Way Home song. Uh, they're kind of companion songs on the album. Except Earhart's right. about a character who uh has magical powers this is i'm now i didn't create this character so I'm speaking Shut for up, Bunny, no, <laughs> my out, sister on this <laughs> but uh now uh, she has magical powers and she she has airplane Go. powers yeah. so she has uh she has oil and uh, and fuel inside her her veins and her bones are made of metal and and it's it's a very abstract kind of character where oh, is she an airplane? And that's basically what the whole song is. Like, whoa, she's an airplane, but she's also a human. So uh, that one was definitely inspired by uh, kind of that fantasy element that uh, mm-hmm. in the 1940s. So I think that's as close as we get Come to diesel guys, punk. Go. out, out,
0: out. Yeah, I was thinking out, the out, same out, thing. Out, and, out, you know, there's out. another song on go. the Two Cent Show I was thinking go. of that has, it's not necessarily go. diesel punk, but it has that swing sound as the song Me and My Baby.
2: Oh, So totally, I yeah. think, uh, yeah, I if
0: think, you're into yeah. Dieselpunk, check the, that out. The
2: for. genres and stuff, yeah, that one definitely, uh, for that album specifically, it was kind of a road trip across America, and you know, America's ah. history is pretty short, so, uh, well, compared to like, you know, everywhere else in the world, uh, and you know, that's a, a big time, you know, I mean, you got jazz, you got swing, you got a bunch of stuff that's, you know, has a big part of history in America, so we kind of you know, did a Western-y kind of thing. We did some country. We did some rock. We did, we did kind of, uh, pretty much in that whole, those, those few decades there from the twenties onward, just trying to throw in <laughs> as many, uh, different genres as we could. Uh, so yeah, those, actually those three songs, uh, Earhart, that'll be the way home. And even, uh, me and my baby definitely fit within that time frame.
0: Okay. Well, that is just, um, that is great that we could, uh, come up with that because, uh, you know, I've been trying, I've been trying to get folks on this podcast to listen to Steam Power Giraffe. You have no idea. So maybe now that they know that there's these diesel punk elements, they might let it into their lives. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, so we just released your new album, but um, which was a huge project. But uh, what do we have to look forward to in the future from Steam Power Giraffe in the near future?
2: Oh, the near future. Uh, yeah, we've got another album coming out. Uh, I can't say when, but it's by the end of the year. And as you know, the rest of the year is not very long, so it's coming out pretty soon. Uh, it's actually ties into a, a video game that we're doing the music for. It's a sequel to a, uh, a video game called SteamWorld Dig. And that game is about a steampunk robot that digs and has to uh, fight some bad uh, bad robots. Uh, This sequel, however, is actually after that, and it's a bunch of steampunk robots uh, flying around in spaceships fighting other steampunk robots, and uh, the developers wanted us to make music for the game, but they also put our characters in the game as if in this alternate dimension where humans are extinct and robots are the only thing left, uh, the the steam-powered giraffe robots are also there, which is cool. It's like, oh, well, we survived even the destruction of the humans. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but uh, <laughs> and now we play songs for the robots <laughs> uh, so yeah <laughs> well, our char- our characters are in the game they're at bars and you can collect sheet music and unlock a bunch of songs uh, and our CD basically is uh, all those songs that we made for the game and uh, it's about half half old songs that we took from like our very first album and redid with our new members as well as all of our uh, I guess new recording equipment back then it was very uh, hackney as I would say <laughs> but uh but then, uh, then there's six new songs as well. So it's a it's a pretty. I think there's 13 songs in total, including their theme song that we did for the game. Uh, I'm trying to think if there's any diesel punk elements in it. It's definitely steam power. That's a big, big part of the game. It's also called Steam War World Heist. Uh, but uh, they, those robots definitely run off of water, and I think that's a big gameplay element as well. But uh, but the aesthetic is is all over the place. They've got you know World War II era outfits on some of the robots. Uh, they've got different uh, guns that definitely fit in with that whole World War era. So it's uh, it's definitely meshing a bunch of different uh, aesthetics together, which is kind of cool. Uh, you sh- you, anyone should check that game out if you have any interest in steampunk or robots mm-hmm. or, uh, or or stuff like that. <laughs> well,
0: um, Dr. Erebus, who is, who is going to become our new video game expert here on the podcast, when you were describing that, that was the first she'd heard of that, and the faces she was making were Dr. Erebus is going to be one of the first in line to play that game. I can already tell by looking at her. Oh, and cool, Stevens yeah.
3: Steampunkin' Robots. You love yeah. Steampunkin'
2: Robots? <laughs> so the game SteamWorld Heist, the developers are called Image Inform. You can They've got trailers out for the game and all that. Uh, check it out. I think it's coming out to Nintendo 3DS first, but then it's coming out to, like, uh, PC, Macintosh, uh, PlayStation 3, Xbox 360, PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and... Uh, Linux and uh, and I think it, it might be coming to Android and Apple devices later. So so pretty much anyone can play this game <laughs> if you have one of those things.
0: <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, so let's see. Do you um, can you tell our fans listening out there just in case they happen to be anywhere near where you're going to show up, where your next uh, I've got the the dates for your next couple of shows right oh, yeah, here. You're yeah. going to be at. Um, the Canadian Steampunk Exposition, uh, September 25th through 27th, back in Ontario. Yeah,
2: that's uh, On- in uh, Ontario, yeah.
0: Yep, that'll be in Ontario. And you went there last year, right?
2: Oh, that yeah. was your it- first
0: time in Canada, I believe?
2: It was, yeah. Uh, we've, that's the first time Steampunk draft Draft uh, performed in Canada. Uh, it was a really fun steampunk uh, convention, uh, right? held right there at uh, Fort George in Niagara-on-the-Lake. so. Uh, a very unique uh, environment to have a steampunk convention. Plus, there's tons of cool uh, other bands there. Abney Park, you've got, uh, you got Professor Elemental will be there. Uh, who else Who else do I know is going to that one? Uh, Frenchie and the Punk, they'll be there. So, an, A great French band that I can't think of the name, but they were awesome there last year. Uh, quite the convention. I recommend that one. So I'll say that about all the shows we're performing at. Well, of course,
0: okay. of course.
2: they're all great. We don't do we don't do crappy shows. We only no, go to the ones that are, that are worth people's I, money.
0: I've been to a couple, and I can say they are not crappy.
2: Okay, cool. When we when we but, do, uh, we'll have to apologize. No.
0: but the, they're also going to be um, in the future. They're going to be at RealmsCon uh, October second through the fourth in Corpus Christi, Texas.
2: Yeah, it's a week after. And yeah.
0: yeah. And then um, you're going to go to Yomacon, which is in Detroit at the end of October, and uh, that's become a regular thing for you, hasn't it?
2: Yeah, I'm, I'm losing count, but I think we've been there – I think this is our fifth time? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's our fifth time. might be our fourth year, but I'm pretty sure it's our fifth year. Uh, yeah, that's an anim, a giant anime convention. Uh, it definitely has uh, has a mixture of uh, a lot of different media conventions too, but it's heavily anime which uh, works for us because we, uh, we do a lot of anime conventions. We have a song that's in Japanese on, on one of our old albums, so uh, that's a lot of fun. Uh, not as steampunky as some of these other conventions.
0: Yes, well, you can, uh, those of you out here listening who have been uh, who have been listening to this interview, if you've gotten interested, you can buy Steam Powered Giraffe's new album, The Vice Quadrant*. On their website, steampowergiraffe.com, and on iTunes, you can also find all their previous albums there. And if you want to see them live, we've just uh, rattled off a couple of dates of their shows. Uh, David, it has been great talking to you, and I want to thank you for joining us tonight.
2: Oh, thanks for having me. It was a pleasure.
0: Right, but before we let you go, i got to ask one thing. Sure. Can we hear from the spy?
2: Sure, what would you like the spine to say?
0: Oh, I was not ready for this question.
2: Uh, Let's see.
0: (laughs) Why don't you tell them, you're listening to the Diesel Powered Podcast with Daisy Uh, O'Dare.
2: Daisy O'Dare? Daisy O'Dare. Just want to make sure I get that pronunciation right. Diesel Powered Podcast. Okay, here we go. Howdy, listeners. It's the spine from Steam Powered Giraffe. You're listening to the Diesel-Powered Podcast with Daisy O'Dare.
0: Beautiful. <laughs> Beautiful. Yes, that was correct. Oh, that was lovely. And
1: okay,
0: uh, That was very great. Once again, everybody, David Michael Bennett from Steam Powered Giraffe. Thank you for coming. And I uh, oh. hope to catch you again at a show sometime for soon.
2: Sure. Yeah. Thanks for, uh, thanks for having me, and thanks for coming to our show. That means a lot.
0: Alright, Sheiks and Shebas. Once again, that was David Michael Bennett from Steam Powered Giraffe. And we're going to move into the second half of our show. Now, there's one topic that doesn't come up on the Diesel Powered Podcast very often. And that's video games. Part of that, I think, is because... Aside from Mr. Wofford, who said that he's he used to play games, doesn't so much anymore... None of us are really Sick. big into the gaming, the gaming, the whole Sick. gaming fandom. And uh, that is one reason that I brought sweet little Dr. Erebus. Stop, Tyson. Sweet, nice, sweet, nice, kind Dr. Erebus, who who I've invited to my podcast. and. <laughs> <laughs> Hope you don't kill me in my sleep. <laughs> that would require effort on my part and I don't feel it. <laughs> You're not feeling it, okay. Well, oh, oh. Dr. Erebus is here to talk to us about diesel punk and video games. Alright, Doctor? Tell us. First of all, there's lots of games that involve both diesel punk and steampunk elements. So why don't you uh, hit some of the more popular ones, because the only one I know about is Bioshock. So why don't you tell us about the Bioshock series first? The
3: Bioshock series is actually really interesting. The first two Bioshock games, in my personal opinion, touch on Dieselpunk, because they do take place within the span of the World War Two or the World War eras. Beginning in 1940, when Andrew Ryan came up with the idea of Rapture, to help the social elite leave the oppression of the government outside of government control so they could flourish in science, art, music, you name it. And, of course, not everything goes correct in a utopia, as we've learned from much many uh, games, books, movies, you name it. But Bioshock, I feel, touches upon Dieselpunk, and it actually in one of the uh, newer games... Bioshock Infinite touches upon steampunk, which I'm really happy about, but the first two ones, Bioshock 1 and 2, the first one takes place in the 1960s when you're playing as Jack Ryan, a survivor of a plane crash, who finds the the lighthouse leading down to rapture. And when you get there, it's all in ruins. And as you're making your way through Rapture, I don't want to spoil a lot of this because I've known people who, the games have been out for years, haven't played it. But as you're making your way through, you find out what happened exactly. And it all began on the eve of the New Year's Eve of 1958 of something impending happening between Andrew Ryan and many other different forces within it. Now, why I say this is diesel punk is because many of the elements you see going through it, this may take place in the 60s, but literally time has stopped in rapture within the 1950s. The fashion is still the same. The mechanics are still the same. Mm -hmm. One of the big things that I always say is diesel punk, in my perspective, are the big daddies. Mm -hmm. And you see them. Hey, we've got a big daddy. Yeah, of course, we got a big daddy. The thing with the big daddies is they follow the little sisters around Rapture as they collect Adam. And what Adam is, it's a substance from a sea slug that they find at the bottom of the ocean that helps power plasmids, which gives them, in short, powers like telekinesis, pyrokinesis. And you see the big daddies wandering around Rapture. And many times you have to fight against these big daddies and they're hulking figures with rivet guns, drills, and in the second game, you actually play as a big daddy. And I, I have to say, that one was my personal favorite because I enjoyed playing as the big daddy. I just didn't like the mechanics of it because, unfortunately, what you make up for in sheer momentum and ability to take quite a lot of damage, mm-hmm. you, you don't have a lot of speed. Oh, I imagine not. not you can't turn very well. You're like a tank. You're effectively a tank on two legs trying to find your little sister. Mm. And so, like I said, what you make up for strength, you get a tiny burst of speed, and that's all you get. And that's what's sad about it. But with this, um, the aspect of the diesel punk in it is, again, the music is still of of the era, which really got me into the music of that era. Because at the time, I didn't really listen to it until I played these games. And I was like, well, this is really interesting And now I've got one set as an alarm to wake me up in the morning, which (laughs) doesn't help any because it's one of the creepier songs when you're going into Fontaine's Fountain. Now, what song is that? I can't correctly remember the title, but it's singing about the Boogeyman, and it's one of my personal favorites.
0: Sorry, I derailed your train of thought there.
3: Yeah, that's okay. But the second one, you're playing as a big daddy, an Alpha Series big daddy called uh, Delta, and you're trying to find your little sister. This takes place at the end of 1960, Mm -hmm. of the 1960s, eight years after the first video game. And even though it takes place at the end of the 60s, Rapture has not changed any. Though it's being controlled by a Sigmund Freud figure, Mm -hmm. Sophia Lamb. It's has not changed any. The splicers are still running around controlling things, and you've still got your diesel punk elements running around. With this, you're getting a lot more... You, you effectively have the gun that I could always picture Rosie the Riveter with, a rivet gun, <laughs> nice. which is one of my personal favorites. And okay. there's a lot of different other games. Um, they're not technically... They take place during the era, but they're not really what they people would consider... Diesel Punk. Now, L.A. Noir is one of those games that um, take place during the war eras. I consider to be part of of that because it would be a good thing to look upon if you're trying to get an idea of, you know, the World War II era because of course, or the war era because a lot of people they look just strictly towards, you know, what people wore during the wars. And I've played this game and I was just like, well, You know, there's a good idea for something, and there's a good idea for something else. Another game that I've come across that people would honestly say is Dieselpunk, but in my Uh personal opinion is Steampunk, is Dishonored. And here recently, the the trailer for the second game, Dishonored 2, has come out, and it's leaning more heavily towards uh, Steampunk than it is Dieselpunk. And the first one, it brushes upon Dieselpunk and um, Steampunk. Um, I would have to say more steampunk, in my opinion, but that is open for interpretation. Don't take my word for it. Um, but I personally enjoy the Bioshock series, and I would suggest that for anybody who wants to really get an idea for dieselpunk. Okay. Now, uh, Tim, do you have anything you'd like
0: to say about uh, dieselpunk and video games? I, I love the games that you're
1: talking about. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw something at you, and you're going to go, what? Now, the basic plot of this next game does sort of have, like, the references of, like, the dieselpunk roots of cyberpunk, and that's Final Fantasy VII.
3: Oh, we, my friend, me and you could get into a long discussion on Final Fantasy VII. That is the game that got me into video games. Yeah.
1: That, that game is one of those games. I do love the Bioshock series. I think it is an amazing series. I, I remember playing the first one on my, on my PlayStation 3 and not getting up like for like a day and a half other than to go to the bathroom, eat food. All I did was play that game. It, it was such an amazing game. It had so much detail to it.
3: And another game the, Go ahead. Sorry. I was I was just gonna say the in depth that they put into this video game and how they really did make it into what I call diesel punk dystopia. Because that's effectively what it is. Exactly.
1: I totally agree. Exactly. Now another game that I, I really like is Fallout Three, like the Fallout series.
3: I completely agree with you on that. I'm, it's it's blend of diesel punk and mixtures of bits of cyberpunk because of the robots and all that. Yes. And also what you might call atom punk. Atom punk in, yes. including, yes. yes. Um, I, I always call it diesel punk because of, you know, it's the culture has stayed in the 50s and the 40s, but technologically advanced, we have jumped ages ahead. Oh, yeah, totally, totally.
1: I like that one and the other one is Wolfenstein 3D. Oh the face
0: she's making Oh
1: Wolfenstein. I love Wolfenstein. That that game was insane. It was one of those games that you 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 had the Germans, you had the guy, you had to go through everywhere. Now that granted, yes, they've made a couple Wolfensteins that were horrible. But the Wolfenstein 3D that came out probably about, what, five years ago? That I believe was, so. That was an amazing game. And that that's almost what got me into steampunk and diesel punk. a lot. With the music, I like the era, and I've always liked swing music. I've, mm-hmm. And I've always loved jazz. Ever since mm-hmm. I was a kid, I've loved both of those. And I love fedoras. I have three of them myself. I am, and, and you know I've been I've been a friend of Johnny's for ages. So you know I have to love love that. It just rubs off when you're friends with Johnny. When you're friends with
3: Big Daddy Cool, it just rubs yeah. off on you. It does. Going back to the game of Fallout, they just released the trailer at the recent E3 for Fallout 4, which me personally. I, I have to, I'm have going to admit this, quite honestly. The noise I made was inhuman <laughs> when I found out they were doing a remake of my game from my childhood that I'd been waiting for since they made Dirge of Cerberus. Final Fantasy VII, they're doing Dishonored 2, which, of course, I said leans more heavily towards the steampunk than anything else. And, of course, Fallout 4... Is now coming out, and I've been hearing mixed, I've been hearing where people are saying, "Well, it's more diesel pu- or it's more steampunk than it is diesel." I'm like, "No, they're keeping it the way that they did with the third one, and of course the second and the first. Of course, you couldn't really rightly tell with the first two what it was, yeah. but you know, we're not going to belittle our beloved uh, computer games from the past.
1: No, never, never. And Fallout Mm-mm. Four was. It, the, the trailer looks amazing. It's, it's got me so excited. I, I'm, I'm waiting for them to come around and find a way to make another
3: Wolfenstein. I, I'm pretty sure that will happen because the last Wolfenstein game, from the reviews I read, many people were really excited about it and enjoyed playing it. And I think it's just one of those games that they're going to keep coming out with, and no matter what, it's going to get yeah. good reviews. Even though it has, like many other video games, that they constantly, oh, no. you know, no. come out with multiple ones. Looking at you, Final Fantasy. There were a couple of ones that we really didn't like. There are some that are just true gems.
1: Oh, oh, I totally agree. Now I, I was thinking about this all day today, and. Last night, you know, if I could create, like, what if you could create your your own diesel punk, steampunk video game? Oh goodness! Like, like what what would you, me? I would do like a Firefly. A Firefly I agree game. with that. And I would do it like right after the series, like have it leave off from there, and just like
3: explore, explore out from where they left off. So I got to ask you with this, because, yes. of course, after the series, there was Serenity. I got to ask. Yeah. Well, w- would you go with the movie or would you move the, leave the movie out of it? The, I think I don't see the movie as canon. I just
1: don't. I don't see the movie as, as like, leave it out. Because it just, it, it, I don't think it went well with
3: it really didn't in my opinion, um, because I'm a lot of it felt rushed, like he was just rushing yes to close this chapter and what more way to close something than to kill off two beloved characters. Exactly. Oh, exactly. And it's oh. just like spoiler slight alert. spoilers on that. <laughs> well, I don't
0: care. I just said oh
1: as in yeah, that's gotta hurt. <laughs> and it's just slight like, spoilers. It's like it's like it just it just it was so bad. I, I like the movie, but it's just like when I read went, went back and watched the series again it's like this this movie just like kills the series
3: well somebody I've talked to about that it he they were telling me that in their personal opinion and an opinion of other people it just felt like you know here fans here's something that you know... It, it, it's gonna tie you over because we can't continue the series, and we've got a few comics coming out. So here's a movie to be just like little little topping on top yeah. to you know make up for the fact that this series got canceled.
1: Exactly, it, it, it was like it was like here. It's like it's like giving giving a child or a baby a bankie to shut them up, and that's all that was.
3: <laughs> it was I'm a not way gonna... to shut people up. I'm not gonna shut up about this. I'm sorry. I you know. spit that baking out and tossed it over the side of the head. I, I, exactly. I just, I threw it
1: very, very far. Yeah, <laughs> it, it's, it's, it's gone. And it's just like another, another show that I like, even though it is, it isn't in the diesel punk era, but it's sort of like got like a diesel and steampunk feel is continual.
3: I've heard of that, and I've yet to actually is, be able to get it, into it, sadly. Is it continuum? Oh, it, no, no, it, defiance. 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 It's like, oh, defiance. Oh, well, I have heard of that,
1: but I have yet to get into it. It's it's interesting because it's it's like post. It's like post like annihilation and stuff. This whole like alien race came and re terraformed Earth. And so they started over, and it's almost like a diesel punk atmosphere.
3: Okay.
1: And I I enjoyed the show, what I watched of it. I, I haven't caught up on this past season. It the last time I watched it, it it was, it was getting a little weird for me. So I sort of stopped. <laughs> I got to ask, weird how? The storylines were just like, they were getting too unrealistic and too stupid. It's like, oh, well, this week, this person's going to do this. And then, you know, the hero is going to become the villain in like one week's time. Or like, you know, someone you thought was awesome is just going to turn everything around, do a whole 180, and it's just like, just... It's like the characters that you, you know shouldn't do things are not are doing them. Like you have the biggest bad guy becoming
3: like a good guy. It's like somebody set up a dartboard and it's just like, okay, what can we write out this week? Exactly. And if it lands on the outside of the dartboard, well, the writers can just come up with it themselves. Exactly.
1: Exactly. It's, it's yeah, it, it just. That got to take.
3: That got a table slap out of her. I <laughs> <Somebody laughs> picked up <a> mic. <laughs> um, but going back to, like, if we create could create games based on steampunk and dieselpunk, I honestly would like to create a game with elements of Final Fantasy VII, you know, the the battle system I grew up on, and I cherish it, to the ends of the earth, the, the turn-based battle system, because it gives you enough time to think about what your next move is. But this day and age, the turn-based battle system really wouldn't work. No. But some of the elements of it, like the materia and all that, the ability to just have this giant marble and be able to cast magic, mm-hmm. and some elements of Fallout... But with Firefly, like you said, I, I would enjoy being able to create that world. I I I think that would be
0: a killer game. I'm a simple gal. All I want to see is flappers beating up zombies.
3: More flappers. We need I, more flappers. I could. I would actually. I would pay money to actually see that. Like if I could make a game, there we go. Just just flappers. flappers just beating up zombies. Up zombies. That'd be funny. Walking. Do Walking
1: dead people. Listen to Do us. Sh- we need flappers on The Walking Dead.
0: Hey, I, those sh- and high kicks—they weren't kidding. I, exactly.
3: <laughs> those, those strings of beads—you can choke them out with that. You know? I, all, I, all I could see in my mind is like something akin to Abraham Lincoln vampire hunter. Why not? But with vamp, but it's flappers hunting vampires. I could so see that. Just. Oh my gosh, I could see that.
0: See me. See, having been a misplaced
3: flapper gal myself, I'd like to get a little representation, you know? <laughs> and not just the wrong. We, we all could be awesome as well and, you know, hunt down them vampires and, sure, why not? and those zombies. Yeah. We G- ain't all gum-chewing chorus gals. <laughs> <laughs> I I I think one of us needs to pitch this to a studio. I I would say Konami, but I don't have much faith in Konami these days. I don't either.
1: I really don't. And I I would I would give it to
3: the Fallout people, or
1: or even Rockstar.
3: I would I would agree. Bethesda has yet to really make me disappointed. And this past E3 just really made me realize they're gonna get all my money. <laughs> there is an indie game coming
0: out, and I don't remember its name, but it's like fifties housewives.
3: The fifties housewives, Wives, at the um, attacking zombies are um fighting off zombies. Yeah, because yes. apparently
0: there's this virus that only affects
3: males because something to do with the
0: chromosome, and so all the all the women have to get out and fight. You know.
3: This is your stereotypical 50s housewife. Just, versus a zombie. Well, I've always personally, I'm a huge fan of the Assassin's Creed video games. Mm-hmm. Oh, excellent games. Excellent. Pretty pretty much Ubisoft has owned is owning my soul right next to Square Enix at this point in my life. Mm-hmm. And I've always been in love with the idea of assassins throughout the ages. So, in my head, at some point, there was a 50s housewife that doubled as an assassin. Oh, that'd be cool. Because, uh, you know, in the 40s, all the men are at war. Who, who, was, do, who was making the bombs in the planes and all that? So yeah. I, I could so see, you know, the male assassins off in Europe. And, you know, who's left? The awesome women assassins, and I just really that's that's my want in in this world is to see a fifties housewife just- bef- maybe perform a leap of faith or you know the hairpin the really long hairpin or hat pins yeah that like 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 let's 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 put agent Carter from
0: uh yeah. Captain America we go. Yeah, we, yeah we had a whole um we had roundtable discussions after every episode of Agent Carter because Agent Carter was the first diesel punk, first true diesel punk series to be on TV in a long time. Oh, that's such a good series. If you're interested in Agent Carter, um, us on the Diesel Powered Podcast, my first my first official appearance on the Diesel Powered Podcast was in those roundtable episodes that we recorded at the beginning of the year. You see how wrong I was about all my speculations, if you listen to those.
3: Oh <laughs> yeah, it, they... But make the them go round. Yes. Yes. And, they,
1: yeah, those... That, that game sounds amazing. Ubisoft, Squaresoft, Eidos, 2K games... I don't even blizzard's not around
3: anymore, are they? They got they got bought out, didn't they? I believe they did. They they, they need to listen to us and make a completely diesel punk Assassin's Creed. They've already come out with Victorian England. Yes. We we need something more modern. Maybe it's the next step. They need to also bring Desmond back. From a fan who was very sad at the ending of the third game. They need yes. to bring him back.
1: They do. That was, that was, that sucked.
3: Just, you can't present me evidence and just be like, well, he's like this. No, no, he's coming back. <laughs> he's leading the New Age Assassins. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. He's leading the diesel powered well, Assassin's Creed. There we go. That's where we can bring
0: him back. That sounds like a good way, as any, to bring him back. Well, before I get too lost, because, as I said, you know, video games. Or something that, that's not my language. <laughs> oh, I, I speak that language. <laughs> Stop <laughs> All right. Well, you know what? We didn't have any of our regulars here except for me, but I think we put on a pretty good show. What do you think? I believe so.
1: I, I will third that.
0: So, a little third back, you know? Yeah. It's like one of those things. you got company coming, and you got to get in the kitchen and throw something together, and you come out with something great. Exactly. Okay. Well, if you are a regular listener of the Diesel Power Podcast, you already know Diesel Power Podcast is going to pretty much be taking over at Geekonomicon December 11th through the 13th in Biloxi, Mississippi. We're going to be having... Uh, we're going to be running the dance, we're going to be running a cabaret show, we're going to be doing panels, we're going to be doing live podcasts from that con, the theme that year is diesel punk, our big daddy cool Johnny De Rocca is going to be the en- one of the entertainment guests of honor, along with the musical guest Aurelio Voltaire, which that made the uh, Erebus look pretty happy there, and... One of the guests of honor as it comes to diesel punk is our very own boss, Larry Amiet. So if you want to get your diesel punk on and you can get to Biloxi weekend of December 11th through 13th, you got to come to Geekonomicon. And if you can't wait that long, I'll tell you where you can find members of the Diesel Power podcast until then. This month, September 19th, Johnny De La Rocca, Big Daddy Cool, is going to be performing his live show, Tales from the Flipside, at the Centennial Black Box in Nashville. And the um, us, the Clockwork mechanist we're going to be, I don't know if we're going to be doing panels, but we are going to be at least having a table at the uh, Memphis Comics and Fantasy Con, which is the weekend of November... Hmm. 20-something. I don't have it in front of me right now, but it's the weekend before Thanksgiving, I believe. Oh, Erebus is looking at the calendar right now, which is yeah. great, because I took lots of notes, but I didn't take that one. But anyway, Memphis Comics and Fantasy Con, the Clockwork mechanist will be there. I'll be there. It'll be a great time. I would like to go ahead and give a shout-out to all of our good sponsors. Uh, first of all, I'd like to say thanks to Blue Microphone, who Always provides a good microphone for Big Daddy Cool. Every time he's on the mic, you can uh, find out more about them at bluemike.com. And the sponsor for the Diesel Power Comics microcast is Comic Bento, where you can get a mystery box of graphic novels and comics every month for under $20. And there's going to be a link in the show notes that you can click to find Comic Bento. And another of our sponsors is Audible. Com, which is the leading audiobook provider on the internet, and you can get a free trial audiobook from audibletrial.com/ dieselpowerPodcast. If you uh, have any questions or any comments or anything you'd like to see on the podcast in the future, you can reach us at feedback at dieselpowerpodcast.com or on Twitter at dieselPodcast. Make sure to also check out and like our Facebook page, The Diesel Powered Podcast, and you can download all the episodes of our podcast from iTunes and from Stitcher, and uh, Erebus just had that uh, Memphis Comics Fantasy Con date. It's going to be November 20th through the 22nd, so if you're interested in meeting me and the mechanalist, we will be there. Uh, let's see, Dr. Erebus, do you have any last thoughts before we go?
3: I look forward to meeting everybody that would be interested in meeting us, uh, the mechanicalists and all that. And if you wish to talk video games with me, I'm more than willing to sit down and actually discuss this with you. I'm open to ideas, opinions, and all that. And you were a lifesaver today in that too. (laughs) Uh, Oh, for once. Yes. Uh, Tim, is
0: there anything you'd like to add before we sign off? Ladies, I, I
1: am honored to be on the show tonight, and I have a heck of a time.
0: And thank you for having me. Well, thank you for joining in with us and making this show great. Because I got to tell you, this was my first time running the show on my own. And uh, I tell you, I was, I was picturing gloom and doom and storm clouds. But things turned out pretty good. Hey, you, yeah. did a, you for, from, a, from a podcaster who's been doing this for
1: over three years, you did a great job.
0: Well, thank you very
3: and much. And as a Jen. first
1: timer,
0: you really did a great job. Well, yeah, you've never been on a podcast. Right? Oh, I got a shove. All right. Well, all you sheiks and shebas, I hope that you enjoyed listening to this podcast as much as we enjoyed recording it. And in the words of the great Big Daddy Cool, swing hard, swing often, and we will catch ya on the flip side. And before you catch us on the flip side. Stain Power Giraffe is letting us leave you with one of the songs from their recent album, The Vice Quadrant. This is the song that Erebus and I were talking about so much that we liked. The song is called Starlight Starshine.
4: That my heart's your home. There's a void in my soul it leaves me feeling cold. Will I ever find peace from its tolls? Starlight, star shine. All of my mind couldn't unwind what it was, what it'll be. What future can I hope to see? I am not in a dream And there's no reason to scream And this is not the end Or so it seems You were like starlight Just like stars shine Casting down on me When the light would go was found you would shine up to me a person holding on to
2: Listeners, it's the spine from Steam Powered Giraffe. You are listening to the Diesel Powered Podcast with Daisy O'Hare. Is that correct? Can I say O'Hare? Is that wrong?
0: I, I will be O'Hare okay. for the spine. Okay. Wait, I can say it again.
2: What's the last name? It was,
0: it was O'Dare. O'Dare. That's I'll fun. do it again. Here we go. Here we go. Here
2: we go. Good right. okay. time. You can edit this out or whatever. Uh.